VIV, everyone. Now that you guys are here, uh, if you guys want to begin filing your way into your seats, you guys can pick up some uh, service documents as well as everything you need on the table over there. Or if you're online and just want to kind of joining us online, civalhammer.com forward slash Sunday. As you guys get your seats, we're going to raise our voice with the rest of the world. Praise our God. Sing from the rising. From the rising of the sun till the ending of the day. One name alone be praised. Every nation, tribe, and tongue lifting up your name alone we Welcome to uh, good morning. Thank you. Welcome to Church in the Valley. 
Uh, my name is Eric. I usually serve here on the worship team, but I'm going to be giving announcements today. So glad you're all with us, whether you're virtual or here in person. Glad to be here with you. Um, if you are a guest this morning, we do have a gift for you. You can find that over on the guest resources table right by the coffee. That is a book called How Good is Good Enough. So please go ahead and take one of those on your way home today. Um, everyone here, we would love it if you could fill out our connection card. You'll find that in the program you received as you came in this morning. If you are a regular, you know, please feel free to fill out whatever makes sense to you say. Um, if you are a guest and you're here with us in person, you could feel free, feel free to fill out whatever is comfortable for you. That's really going to help us just connect with you, let you know about what's coming up here at Church in the Valley. Um, if you are wanting to give today, you can do that, <coughs> excuse me, as I almost pass out from uh, not being able to talk. You can give online, or you can also, if you're in person, you can put that in the buckets that you'll see floating around here. That's where you can also turn in your connection card here today. As far as announcement goes, uh, we have a baptism coming up in the beginning of April. So on March 20th, we're going to have a baptism overview right after church here at the Alhambra. Um, that's going to be for anyone who's interested in being baptized or learning more about baptism overall. Um, there's going to be a separate overview for adults and children. Uh, you can sign up as well for that on your connection card. So glad that you're here. That's all the announcements for today. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we'll sing a couple more songs. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that we get to gather here freely and openly to praise you and worship you for all that you've done. Lord, I pray that your spirit would just be here with us this morning, speaking to us, um, drawing our hearts closer and closer to you, that we may follow you more closely. Thank you so much for all you do in our lives. We love you and praise you. In your name, amen. time we just want to just give thanks to him in our songs, knowing that we give thanks to him in our hearts and our minds and with our lives, but at least for this short period of time, just raising our voices and thanks to him.
Jesus is stronger, our shame was greater, Jesus is greater, sin was stronger, Jesus is stronger, our shame was greater, Jesus is greater. So we believe that this morning, that we are cross and you rose from the grave and defeated death and defeated our sin. And every victory is yours and you have won it. So we lift you high in our lives. We lift you high with our words and in our minds. Because you are worthy of all our attention and all our praise. Glorify you this morning. God said you would speak to us with your word follow it and walk with you closely. Keep us in your hand, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Thanks, guys.
morning. I hope you're. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, hope this is a good morning. It's like beginning to warm up a little bit, so uh, this is good. We'll be in good shape here. So th- this morning, if you look, you see it says leadership update. What we're going to be doing this morning is uh, we wanted to have a little bit of a time together. Uh, I guess you could call this kind of a family time or whatever, where. We're going to sit down and we're going to kind of chat a little bit about, okay, where are we in the whole process of like, you know, uh, pastor search, where are we, uh, what has been going on in that regard? How, how, uh, how can you be moving things forward in the midst of things in all of this? And so we want to talk a little bit about that this morning. And um, like many times, I don't know about you, but when we get the family together, I remember when the kids were little and we tried to get family together, try to catch stuff, you know, we would, um, we would figure out quickly, okay, it's, uh, it's not going to go that well. This is not working. I'm going to use this one instead. So what we figured out is a lot of times, you know, you, you need to move through, you need to make sure that you help everybody to kind of understand, but you want to keep it short enough that the kids don't fall asleep or, or totally rebel. So that's kind of, uh, it's kind of the thought this morning. So here we go. Um, What I would say is is this initially, leadership is really important, and we see that in all areas of our life. I mean, if you look around, whether it's in politics, I mean, you look around the world today at the things that are going on, and you're thinking, wow. I mean, if there was different leadership here or there was this here, I mean, leadership is very important. You see that in politics. You see that in business. You even see that in sports. I mean, for many of you, you may know the name Bill Parcells. Others of you may not. In 1983, that was his first year as a head coach. He steps into a team, the New York Giants, and had a horrible year. I mean, abysmal. They won three games. But it was his first year, and he stepped in, and he decided after that, he said, you know, I need, I need to make sure that I actually do the things I'm supposed to do here, and I, and I operate the way I operate. He just walked around on eggshells first year. So he began to do that. Over the course of the next six seasons, the Giants climbed to the top of the league and won two Super Bowls. Then a little bit later, he goes to coach the New England Patriots in 1993. They were coming off two years in which in two years they had won a total of three games altogether. Two years later, they were in the Super Bowl and won that. Or if you look at uh, the Rams, one of those teams, you know, in 19... uh, 98, the Rams were 4-12, and 4-12, and 12. not exactly game-changer. One year later, the team that is known as the greatest show on turf were 13-3, and three, and they won Super Bowl 34. And you think, how in the world did they do it? One, one, one person, Kurt Warner, made all the difference in the world. See, leadership is important. But I also don't want you to miss something, and that is this. You know, with Parcells as well as with Warner, um, the rosters really didn't change that much. I mean, the same team that had been there and had been abysmal the year before now made a real difference. The one, the players that had argued, the players that had underperformed the year before, they found a way to come together and achieve. 
What you'll also find is even with a roster that's really good, even if you have like a winning roster, you need a leader that's there casting vision, developing action steps, helping people to stay in sync. And that's almost always needed, at least in sports. And we'll come back to that in, in just a little bit. But I say that just to introduce our topic today. Today, we want to look at leadership and we want to fill you in on, you know, what is the board doing? What can you do to step in to to really accomplish your part of it to help move the mission forward. One of the reasons leadership is important is because there is a mission to be accomplished. I mean, guys, if all we were doing was just hanging out, you don't really need a leader for that. You know, have you noticed that? I mean, when you get together and you're just gonna hang out with somebody, you're not going, who's gonna lead this? I mean, you don't care, you know? But leadership is important because there's something that needs to be done. Now, there are churches many churches that have gone through times without leaders and yet they they've done well and i want us to look at an example of that today uh, from scripture in Acts 17 verses 1 through 10 i want us to, i want you to look at these verses you can look on the screen right here he says this now when they had traveled through amphipolis and apollonia they came to thessalonica where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And according to Paul's custom, he went to them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and giving evidence that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I am proclaiming to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas along with a large number of the God-fearing Greeks and a number of the leading women. But the Jews becoming jealous and taking along some wicked men from the marketplace, formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. And attacking the house of Jason, they were seeking to bring them out to the people. When they did not find them, they began dragging Jason and some brethren before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have upset the world have come here also, and Jason has welcomed them. And they all act contrary to the decrees of Caesar, and are saying that there is another king, Jesus. They stirred up the crowd and the city authorities who heard these things. And when they had received a pledge from Jason and the others, they released them. And the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. Now, men and women, I want you to think for a minute. How long was Paul in Thessalonica? How long was he there? No, this, this wasn't a rhetorical question. I really want to know. What, what do you see there? How long was he there? Do you remember? Yeah, three Sabbaths. So somewhere, you know, somewhere between three weeks and a couple of months, it may have been particular Sabbaths that they're talking about. So it could have been even as long as like, you know, a couple of months, not very long. Now, when he left, what did the Thessalonians of the first century not have when Paul left? What did they not have? Hmm? Leadership. Yeah, huge. They didn't have leadership. I mean, they didn't have a lot. Of, they didn't have Bibles. They, they didn't have, you know, they didn't have Christian radio. They didn't have Chris Tomlin. Uh, you know, they, they, there's a lot of things they didn't have. They didn't have Christian books. And God knows you need those. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they didn't have all kinds of things. But they didn't have any leadership. Now, how did they do? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked. Let's look at another passage. This is 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. This talks about the church there in Thessalonica. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, grace 
and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you mentioning you in our prayers and continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of severe suffering. You welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model for all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. You think they did okay? Pretty decent, huh? I mean, w would you want that for your life or for the lives of people you loved? I mean, is that something you, you'd want there? I mean, I think, I think they did okay. And yet you look there, I mean, they didn't have a lot of things. What, what did they have after Paul left? What did they have? Again, not rhetorical. Hmm? Community. Yeah, they had each other. They had each other. What else did they have? Faith. Faith. Yeah. They had the Holy Spirit. They had Paul's teaching and his example from the brief time he had been there. See, one of the things I know about this congregation is you guys have leaders who have taught. You guys have leaders who've set the example. So it's not like you have no understanding of that right there. You, you have those things clearly in mind. So you begin to look, and as we think about this whole thing with uh, – uh, a pastor and getting the leader in here that we, we want to get in here and we need to get in here, you begin to ask yourself, okay, why would God delay that at all? I mean, that's one of the questions I've had sometimes. God, why, why would you delay that? I, I'd kind of like it if you, like, you know, answered that prayer, like, in 30 seconds. You know, I mean, I'd be a lot better with that. But I think, why, why would you delay? I, let me give you a couple reasons. One, I think just to develop us. One of the reasons God wants to delay sometimes is because he is set on developing us more and more into the image of Jesus. And more and more, he's developing us into some people who will walk with him and who will really trust him. What you're going to find is this. The more things don't go our way or the more things don't go on our timeline, we're tempted to really move from trusting God to trying to take control ourselves. You know, we have this, you know, well, I, I just need to step in here and do this. But what God wants to build in us is a life of trust. And he wants us to not think, you know, no, you know, I, 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 I've waited patiently. Now I'm going to take control. He's like, no, 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 no. You wait patiently. And then what you do is you wait patiently and you trust me. Another reason is God's really working to prepare us to follow. See, we generally think we're pretty good at that. Like if I were to ask you, you know, are you a good follower? You know, you'd probably, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
The way you always know if you're a good follower is when the leader goes right and you think you ought to go left, what do you do? And see, what we tend to do is we tend to look at that and say, well, you know, yeah, I mean, see, it's not that I'm a bad follower. It's just that in this situation, and we come up with, and what God's trying to do is God wants us to learn to follow well. I've been reading this week in the book of Numbers, and, um, you know, what you see is there comes a point where there's some guys that, Moses is trying to lead out, and every time he turns around, he's getting opposition from these people. I mean, it's if it wasn't so tragic, it would be hysterical. I mean, you, you look at these people, and you're thinking, when will you learn? And then God comes to Moses, and he says, Moses, it's not just you they're not following. They're not following me. And see, men and women, what God wants us to learn to do is to learn to follow him, and the way we follow him is we follow the leaders that he's placed before us. And so one of the things he's wanting to do is he's wanting us to follow. So let me cover a couple of things with you, kind of the process that we go through as a board and what we're doing so you'll kind of know behind the scenes what that is. And then what can you be doing while we wait, while we work on things? What can you be doing? So we'll look at those. What is the process the board goes through? Well, it, it's not that difficult. It's not rocket science. First thing we do is we pray and ask God to direct us to the right person for the job. And the reason for that is very simple. If, you know, we just rely on ourselves, we could get that wrong like 10 times out of 10. But what we know is that God can get that right every single time. And so we, first of all, we go to him and we say, God, would you help us to understand exactly who you would want here for, for leadership? Secondly, we identify what we're looking for. You know, what are the traits of the leader that needs to come in? What are the traits of the leader that, that needs to be pastoring the church? So that's one of the next things we look at. And there's, there's several of those. One, we look at, you know, does the person meet the scriptural qualifications for, for leading? That's one. Um, we look at, can they communicate well? Can they, you know, communicate without, you know, the crowd going into the second stage of anesthesia? Um, you know, secondly, you know, we, or thirdly, you know, we look at, you know, do they have the ministry and the organization skills to be able to lead the church that's there. A fourth thing we look at is, can they understand and embrace the culture of CIV, of, of the church? In other words, you know, it's, it's CIV is a diverse congregation. CIV is a, a congregation in the city. CIV is, you know, there's, there's several things about it. Can they, you know, understand all that? Can they come right into that and, you know, embrace that and move, move people forward? Another thing we look at, uh, can they challenge the vision of the people and help us to understand this is what's on the heart of God. This is where we need to move and help us to move that way. And then lastly, um, can they hold the mission at the forefront? Can they understand that, you know, whether it's comfortable for us all the time, whether it's not comfortable, whether it's convenient, whether it's inconvenient, we need to be staying in step with God working to accomplish the mission he has for us. So that's the second thing. We identify who we're looking for. Then we identify potential candidates. Um, We do this by looking to get input from a variety of folks uh, that we trust and from contacts we already have. We know one or two people around. And so consequently, you know, having a, a list of candidates isn't like, you know, 
something that's that's really at heart. We've we've looked at that. We've tried to work on that and get those there. Then the next step is we organize the candidates' names and begin to get to know them and begin to kind of vet them and figure out, you know, do they fit here? Do they not? How does this work? How does this not? Now, we do that one at a time. I mean, and we do that because that's what's right. That's what's fair. I mean, if I were to come to you and say, hey, you know, I'd like to talk to you about uprooting your life and coming over here. And at the same time, I was having that conversation with five other people. And all of a sudden, you know, you say, yeah, you know, I've arranged everything. I, you know, I've, I've kind of done this. I'm ready to go. And I go, yeah, we, we took somebody else. See ya. You know, I mean, you think that's not right. You're right. That's not right. So that's not how we operate. What we do is we, we talk to one and we look at them. And once we've arrived at a conclusion, this is more what we want to pursue or this is not, then we move on to the next one. So we've looked at and eliminated about six possibilities so far of people. And because it takes time to talk to people, it takes time to look through them. It takes time to figure out, you know, would this be the person? <clears throat> Some of those people we have, um, as we've looked at, we thought, no, this person wouldn't be the best fit. Others that we've looked at, they, they were like, man, you know what, thank you, but I think I need to stay where God has me right now. So we're just in a different spot right there. The last thing we would do is bring them before the congregation. And I think I can assure you is this, if you're wondering does the board get together and just kind of, you know, play Dungeons and Dragons or something and, and then, you know, get through and go, you know, okay, mail it in. No, I guarantee, you know, been working hard on this, okay? This isn't something like people are just sitting around twiddling their thumbs, you know, but it, it's just, it takes time. And, you know, I mean, it's not hard. Like I had someone talk to me a few weeks ago and they go, you know, I think that, Sometimes, you know, other churches get this done faster. I th thank you. Um, and that's true. And the average stay of a pastor in those churches is two and a half years. See, we're not looking for that. You know, what we're looking for is someone that would come here, would be a part, and would lead out. And so we're, we're not looking for just, you know, we're not looking to date somebody. We're looking to actually to get married, you know. So, uh we're, we're wanting someone that's going to be around a little bit longer. So, uh, so anyway, what can you be doing while we're waiting? Well, that's a good question. One of the very first things I would say you can do is you can pray, looking to God and trusting him. So you need to have faith in God's power and in God's willingness to be able to answer prayer and to be able to bring somebody. So you can pray. Now, I'm not talking like, you know, so, therefore, we're going to organize all these prayers. I'm talking about, you know, as you are going. Like, in your personal times with God each day, one of the things you ought to write down, one of the things you ought to be praying about is, God, would you provide the leader that you want to be here to help lead this thing? When you get together in community groups, and you ought to get together in community groups, one of the things you ought to pray is, God, would you bring the leader along that you want to be here? Trust God and begin to pray. That's one of the things you can do. One of the other things you can do, and this is a big thing, is you can work to preserve unity. Now, I don't know whether you've noticed it or not, but unity is very, very high on God's list of values. 
very high. In fact, if you look at, like, say, the book of 1 Corinthians and you realize all the problems that were there in the church at Corinth, I mean, and they were a bunch. I mean, some people show up early and they eat up all the Lord's Supper and other people show up and they're like, what happened? You know, and they're running around. Some people are exalting themselves. Other people are feeling really bad. Some people are involved in all sorts of sin. There are all sorts of problems going on. You would think, which one is Paul going to start with when he writes this letter? The first three chapters of 1 Corinthians, what Paul spends it on is unity, unity, unity. We need to be unified. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 1.10, he says, Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. Later, he warns the Romans. He says, I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who, are, who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learned. Turn away from them. And then he tells Titus, he says, reject a factious man after a first and second warning. Now you look and you think, good night. Paul takes this thing seriously. Why is, why is Paul so adamant about this? Because what Paul realizes is to fail to do so is to give the enemy a foothold within the group. See, what he knows is the way that the enemy of our souls works is he tries to create division. He tries to create dissension to where he can move in there. Now, Paul is well aware of that. Now, whenever we say something like this, you know, I know the Bible says that. But see, in my case, see, or in, in no, I know I'm aware that the Bible says you shouldn't be causing dissension or you shouldn't be causing division. But see, in my case, what we're really saying is my perspective is that the Bible does not recommend things in line with reality. And my perspective is more in line with reality than the scriptures. Therefore, it's okay for me to do this. And every time we do that, we play right into the hands of the enemy. Right into the hands of the enemy. So, as Parcells, that old theologian, used to say, losers assemble in small groups and complain. Winners assemble as a team and find ways to win. So, work diligently to pursue unity. That's one of the things we can do. Third, you can get after doing the things you know to do already, such as serving, using your gifts, using your skills. Now, men and women, most of us know far more than we're doing right now already. I mean, it is not like we don't. Jeep spoke several weeks ago about how you could really make a difference with your life and things that we need to be doing to make a difference in our lives. And we need to be doing that. You know, it's not enough to just agree with that. It's not enough to go, you know what, that is right. Oh, Jeep, I agree. That is right. That's what we ought to be doing. See, it needs to get into your schedule. You need to figure out who am I doing that with and when am I doing that. You ought to be able in your life right now to look up at any given moment and spot people who are a long ways off from Christ or some, some that are coming closer, ones that you're praying for, ones that you're sharing with. You ought to be able to spot those. You ought to also be able to look at any given point in your life and look around and find 
who are some folks that I am walking alongside and helping them grow closer to maturity in Christ? Who are those folks? And men and women, what I would <laughs> encourage you, yea, verily implore you, is this. If you don't look around and see some of those people, well, good night, get after it. I mean, there are things we know to be doing already. We need to be getting after that and doing that. See, leadership is important, but you can still make progress while you wait for the, for the leader. In 1949, the communists took over China. And when the communists took over China, the very first thing they did was they expelled all the missionaries and they killed all of their protégés, that is, all of the leaders of the movement there in China. And what was left was what was left, which was about a million believers with no leadership. And all of a sudden, they closed it down. And while it was closed, everyone was like, good night, what's going on in China? I mean, it must be falling apart. The wheels must be coming off the wagon. Oh, my gosh, if only we could have missionaries there. If only we had leaders in there. But, but we don't have any What in the world is going on in China? Well, about 40 years later, we found out. About th Well, actually, 39 years later, it opened back up. And when it opened back up, what they found out was there weren't a million believers. And people go, I knew it. Yeah, there were 50 million believers. And you're like, how did they do that? They got after it. They did what they knew to do. And God stepped in and blessed that. And so leaders, very important. But there's things we can be doing right now that we need to be doing. If we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, it's not going to matter if we have a leader anyway. So, so, doing that. Next, you can encourage one another. You can encourage one another. Hebrews 3.13 says, Encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you are hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today. What kind of encouragement do we need to give? Well, <clears throat> partly you need to give encouragement for people to trust God and follow his word. You need to give encouragement to one another to fully engage and not isolate. See, one of the tricks of the enemy, too, is, you know, this thing of isolation just getting us to kind of pull away from community. And if you've ever watched one of those planet Earth things where they show, here, lions in Africa, and you think, oh, that looks fun. Well, it's not fun for some animals. You'll watch the thing, and what you'll find is some little dumb animal thinks, oh, I don't need the herd. And they just kind of wander off over here, and the animal, you see the lion kind of begin to crawl up, and then this guy with this really voice talks about, and he's talking about the lion. And the next thing you know, the lion pounces and lunch. See, that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to isolate us to where he can attack us and devour us. And so, therefore, don't do that. You know, pray for people to fully engage, not isolate. Encourage them to get in the battle. Encourage them to be about the things they know to be about. And encourage them to pursue kingdom perspectives over their own perspectives. The last thing that we can be doing while we're waiting is simply this and that is you know trust the process now a lot another way of saying that maybe you know trust the leaders that god's given you 
that they're not sitting around twiddling their thumbs. Trust them that, you know, honestly, that God is going to work through them. You think, but they're not perfect. Well, I know, neither are you. But, you know, that's the only kind of leaders God has is imperfect leaders. And if God's not able to work through imperfect leaders, he's in trouble. You know, so, so trust the process. A few years ago, I was conferring with a campus in Northern California. They, they were wanting to bring in somebody to work at this um, university. And so they said, hey, um, Neil, could you come up and talk to us about, you know, uh, the right person and who you think would be able to do this? And what we'd like is for there to be a ministry kind of like what's going on at SC. And what we'd like is for you to kind of help us. And so there was this group of pastors and others that were there. And so I, I went up and met with them. And, and as I talked with them and we talked about what they wanted, I said, now you realize um, that if, if this is what you want, then, you know, you, you don't just get anybody. You know, you need to have somebody that can really do this. And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so then I told them, okay, I know a guy. And I think he would be good, but, I mean, skills-wise, relationally, et cetera, I think he would be good, but he's a year away. And they go, a year? Yeah. Oh, that's too long. We need it right now. And I said, okay, I got nothing then. And they were like, well, we do. I said, okay, well. You're 21 weigh 100 pounds. You do what you want. And so they did. And, you know, they, they brought in some guy who proceeded to kind of blow things up. And, you know, it was a disaster. They had a horrible year. They, they you know, they, it, was, it was just really bad. About a year later, they said, um, that guy still, still around? Yeah, he, yeah. And um, he, he stepped in there, and he built a ministry that is growing and thriving to this day. See, finding a leader is kind of like finding a mate. There's one thing worse than loneliness, and that's regret. And so what I would encourage us as we're thinking about this process, as we're looking into it, is trust the process. Trust God to be able to work through the people that he has there. Trust him to do that. Now, I hope this gives you more of an understanding of kind of what's been happening and where we're moving as a church and how you can help us to move forward and what needs to go on there, hopefully there. If you have questions, we want to know them. We want to hear them. We would love to answer them if we have answers, the shortest answer of which we don't know. But, you know, we would love to answer them. So feel free to send any questions you have to the address you'll see here on your screen, info at civalhambra.com. And when we get that, we will be tickled spitless to answer each and every one of those questions and, and, and get those for you. But men and women, what I would tell you is this. God has some really, really good things in store for us right here. He has some really good things in store. And the way that that functions and the way that works the best is when everybody is pulling the rope the same direction and everybody is stepping in doing their part. If you don't do your part, then although every other part may be functioning, it may not work well. So everybody needs to be doing that. So let me pray for us, and we'll invite the worship crew back up. Father, thank you that you are the one who's sovereign. You're the one who's in control. And Father, you desire leadership to be here more than we do. 
And uh, that's hard to believe sometimes because, quite frankly, we desire it a lot. But we trust you. We trust your timing. And we trust um, that in your time you will bring exactly the person around that you desire to be leading this group. So thank you for that. Pray that you would speak clearly to each one of our hearts. Show us the things we need to be doing and the next steps we need to take to really um, follow you well. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Neil. Well, I'd invite you guys to continue filling out your connection cards, um, wrapping up anything, any notes or any thoughts you might have. And as you are ready and feel comfortable to join us as we continue to sing, we're singing songs about following leadership, following God's leadership and those he has placed above us, um, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of what's happening, and choosing to stay faithful in the things that we do and the way that we praise and we worship him with our lives and with our songs. Feel free to sit down, stand up as you feel comfortable, as you feel ready. I count on one thing The same God that never fails Will not fail me now He won't fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out Working all things out
blessed. You give and take away. You give and you take away. But my heart will choose to stay. Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. The land that is plentiful. Your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. for your glory and for your good. So help us to join you in that. Encourage our hearts and let us encourage each other and spur each other on to good works to glorify you and to pursue you in your glory that we would fit right into your plan to bring yourself all the honor and all the fame that this world could offer. We love you. We adore you. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys for joining us this morning. We'll see you next week.